Psalm 73, the psalmist frets over the prosperity of the wicked. They seem to be living a carefree life, while the righteous are continually plagued and punished. When he tries to understand it, it's too oppressive for him until he enters the sanctuary of God. Then he sees things differently. Today on Grace Notes, Barbara Sandbeck talks about some of the benefits we receive in the presence of the Lord. So stay tuned. The psalmist almost lost his faith for a minute. Haven't we all been there? In the presence of the Lord, though, he gained understanding. Here he traded his earthly eyes for spiritual ones and was able to see the other side of the picture when life didn't seem fair. In verses 27 and 28, he concluded, Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. God doesn't promise believers an easy life, material prosperity, or earthly fame. But he does promise us power to overcome the world, spiritual prosperity, and eternal glory. What more could we want? So, what do we need to succeed, and how do we get it? We need joy. King David knew where to find joy. In Psalm 1611, he wrote, In thy presence is fullness of joy. Not just joy, but fullness of joy. Fullness means to have plenty of, to be filled to satisfaction. Isn't the fact that we can have joy in God's presence enough to make us want to come to Him? Unfortunately not. So, what draws us to Him? Jesus knew. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Burdens and trials make us labor and feel heavy laden, and God allows these to come into our lives to draw us to himself. And when we come to him in need, we receive his peace and joy that satisfies. In and out of situations That tug of war at me For answers that I need But then I come into His presence And all my questions become clear And for that sacred name 
we had to do when he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek, I am lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest. 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 Unto your very soul. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 talks about joy in an unusual way. I have to admit I had a bit of a problem accepting what it had to say at first until I took each verse and thought it through. Why don't you do that with me now? Verse 2 says, Count it all joy when you fall into divers or various temptations. You've got to be kidding. Who wants to be tempted, much less be told to enjoy it? There has to be more to this. Verse 3 reads, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So what if I'm patient? It benefits everyone else but me. I'm not buying into this yet. I'll read on. Verse 4 continues, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire. 
Oh, boy, that's easy to say and impossible to do. It's too hard to strive for something I can't ever achieve. But wait, that's not the end of the verse. It goes, That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Bingo, the prize, wanting nothing. That translates to me, peace, contentment, being satisfied. There's that fullness of joy idea again. Isn't that what we all really want, to be anxious for nothing? If the only way to achieve satisfaction is to go through trials, then let the trials roll. (laughs) Well, let's connect these thoughts. We're drawn into God's presence through God-ordained trials. Trials bring joy because they teach us to be God-sufficient. And when we're God-sufficient, we're totally satisfied. Now, let's make another connection. To do this, I want to go to an Old Testament story in the book of Nehemiah that contains a dynamic biblical truth. Here's the setting. In 586 B.C., Jerusalem was conquered and destroyed by the Babylonians. Persia then conquered Babylon in 539 B.C. The Persian king, moved by the Lord, allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Sometime later, the Lord commissioned Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of the city. Despite tremendous opposition, he completed the task. Then he prepared the Israelites to once again worship God. Assembling the people together, he had Ezra read the book of the law from daybreak until noon. The people stood and listened attentively. Ezra praised the Lord, and the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. As they listened to God's word, they were convicted and wept. But Nehemiah said to them, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people confessed their sin and celebrated with great joy because they understood the word of the Lord. This reading continued every day for an entire month. They heard what they neglected to do and then obeyed the Lord. This obedience gave them even greater joy. Spending time in the presence of the Lord had brought them clarity of mind, conviction, cleansing, and commitment, which resulted in exceeding great joy. The connecting truth is Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Summed up, this means there is power in the presence of the Lord.
You've been listening to Grace Notes. Thanks for joining the program. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries. P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland 21047. Or email us through our webpage at www.sandbeckministries.com. Join us on our next program. We'll continue our discussion on power 